This is the Pick of the Bunch by Basic Bananas, where we share the pick of the bunch when it comes to marketing, business, and people. Hey, and welcome back. I am super excited for you to meet one of our amazing business mentors today on this call, Joel Farmer. Joel is going to share with you today his own entrepreneurial journey and the lessons learned along the way and also some of his best hacks that he has picked up also by being an amazing mentor to many of our members here at Basic Banana. So let's jump straight in. Hey, Joel, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to be with you, Francesca. And I love how you're sitting. Obviously, I, can't, I can see you. Our audience can just hear your voice, but I can see you're sitting in your paradise up in Brisbane and I can hear the, bir- hear yeah. <laughs> the birds beeping in the background yeah i went into the office early and ran out nice and early so i didn't have too many distractions so i made it home in time to (laughs) chat with you that's really generous of you to to give us that time and obviously i already mentioned in the introduction you are one of our facilitators one of our mentors for the businesses that work in our clever bunch and you've been with us for so many years i don't how many years have you been with us in the clever bunch genius bunch and mentoring I think now it's been just over five years since I first walked in and met Christo. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And you've obviously had an amazing journey as an entrepreneur, and I really want to share your journey or for you to share it. And also a little bit of the lessons that you've learned along the way. You are a valuable member here at Basic Brands, and every time that we get on a call, I have to go walk around the office and... (laughs) and show the video like look Joel is on the phone and everybody just loves having you here also when you come for our retreats and when you're in Sydney for Genius Punch so let's just start a little bit at sort of the beginning basically do you want to share a little bit why you got into business and how and then also what was your first business yep so basically I got into business my whole family's been into business for as long as I can remember my my father my grandfather Um, had a lighting business um, and my whole goal was to go and join their lighting business. Um, I actually ended up dropping out of school in year 11. I never actually finished school. So it's been sort of an interesting journey for me. And then I did um, uh, illuminated engineering, illuminated engineering at TAFE, which is all about lighting and stuff. And I joined the family business and things didn't go too well. They ended up closing down. Um, so I ended up going, not really knowing what to do. I had no school behind me by this stage. So I did a bit of night school, but it really wasn't for me. I didn't, I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense to me. So I ended up just starting a lawn mowing business, just borrowed some tools off family, friends, car, chucked a mower in the back of a car, raced around, just did some family things. I was just going to do it for about a year or so. And it's now that started in 1999. And now we have over 30 staff and a few VAs. We've got um, operations in Cairns, as well as in Brisbane, expanding onto the Gold Coast. So my gap year seems to still be going. So it's been a very interesting journey, but I did it all by myself, um, which has probably been the big, big thing for me um, with, with Shelley, my wife, to help along the way. And we've got other businesses since then. So we do a lighting business ourselves now. So we do... 
uh, design and supply of light fittings to multiple customers all over Australia. And we also do as-built drawings. So we do drawings for for companies that have gone in with electricians, uh, plumbers, etc., and we do drawings and markups for their maintenance programs and stuff like that. So um, we've got a few things on the go. So people sit there and look at me sometimes when I mention all of this at the start of Clever Bunch, and they look at me and go, "What are you doing here? And how have you got the time?" So it's um, it's it's good though. You've got to be on the go. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in a minute, because with uh, one three hundred, one three hundred four gardening, right? Yep. One hundred for gardening. That obviously is the business that now is almost a little bit self-sufficient. So you've set it up in a way over the last few years where you are not super crazy hands-on all the time anymore. No, I don't have to be. There's still a few little bits within the business that, as any business owner realizes, that they've still got to make sure that they're they're over um, cash flow. Uh, invoicing, things like that, that you still want to check, that you want to be involved in. But there's a lot of things that we can talk about a bit later that I learned from Basic Bananas, from you and Christo in particular, about how to control that and be able to see it from from afar to make it work, make it work for um, for everybody. Yeah, I would love to actually talk about that in a minute. Let's talk a little bit about so since 1999 uh, to now. Obviously, you've had the entrepreneurial roller coaster ride with yes. the ups and the downs, <laughs> like yes. pretty much most of us. What are some of the biggest challenges that you feel you have come across and then what do you have learned from them? And, you know, just before we started recording, we spoke a little bit about failures and, and how one thing that people love about, because we were talking about how we do one takes when we do these podcasts and we leave in the mistakes that we make because one of the things that people love about Basic Browns and when we present and talk to people is that we are very real and authentic as much that this is maybe an overused word. And so failures are part of what we do because everybody, you know, I, I think everybody, it's okay to fail. I, I think failing is not a bad thing because you learn from the failures. So what are some of the failures or challenges that you have come across and then how, what have you learned from them? Yeah. Um, Look, probably the biggest challenge for us over the years has has been staff. Um, it's always one of those things that's very difficult to find some really good guys. But we've we've created over the last few years a really good core with with managers, with VAs, with some good team leaders in the field that are willing to help the other guys and teach the other guys in the field. So that's probably the hardest thing that we've gone through. That and with the growth over the times, cash flow, cash flow. I didn't realise how important it was if we were doing all of the work. Um, I thought, well, the cash will just come in. But as you grow in business and learn about businesses, sometimes people don't pay all of their bills on time or at all. So it's been a that's probably been one of my biggest learning curves that that um, keeping that cash flow to to the forefront, making sure it's right there. Um, there's been multiple times where it's been like how are we going to pay our staff this week and, and, and things like that. So um, that's definitely been the two things that I can think of from within the business that I've struggled with. Yeah, I love that. And, and th- those are very common challenges. Let's talk about both of them briefly, especially cash flow also in a business like yours that is quite seasonal and yep. where you have contractors and then you obviously have to pay them because they also need 
to live and you are very generous you I always remember when we started working together one of your biggest concerns was mainly just being able to look after these people because you know other business owners would just go well they just don't have a job anymore but for you it was very much always about the the purpose in your business and one of your purposes is to to create employment opportunities and so cash flow was seen is can be a challenge so what are some things that you have maybe done to help you with that so we've gone and implemented literally a credit card policy system we do not do anyone's job whether it's ten dollars or ten thousand dollars without having credit card on file with that in place we've got the systems in the background it's all automated that on day seven if they haven't paid by any other means cash direct deposit etc that credit card is charged so I've got a cash flow turnover of every seven days guaranteed by doing that. There's some people that don't want to work with us because of it. They go, oh, no, that's a deal break. We're not giving you the credit card. They were the ones that weren't going to pay me anyway. Exactly. They were the ones that were going to take two months to pay a $65 loan, mate. It's just not worth it. So as the business has grown and, and we've, got, we've got significantly bigger, that has been the absolute key to cash flow for us. That's such a good tip for for many businesses. It, also, again, in your industry where people delay payments or don't pay at all, this is for small businesses. That can be one of the biggest killers: is people not paying for the work that has been done. And yep. I think what you have done, which is a really good lesson for everybody here, is setting boundaries and where you say, "Look, it's, this is how we operate," and you explain why. And if they don't like it, then that's okay. You know, we, we, we had to do the same in our brand consultancy. This, this happens in most businesses where sometimes people just don't want to pay or, or maybe they can't pay, <laughs> even though they, they ordered something. If you don't have a, a, a safety net, somehow it can kill a business very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And come Monday, you've got to pay your staff. And that's one of the biggest things that I have never, ever missed a pay run with our staff. And they come into our business... And it's one of our promises to them. It's one of our values in um, when we set up our values for the company that, that we're going to look after them, we're going to pay them, they matter. Um, and they say there's some companies that they've come from where they're literally two, three weeks behind in pay, in pay runs. So in the industry, it is hard. Very, yeah, very. And you've, you've definitely worked out a lot of these systems. And I do want to talk about systems in a minute. Yep. Can we quickly talk about... You mentioned before there was a little bit of a turning point in your business, which I find a very cool story. Do you want to share that story? The, the turning the point. The elevator story, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's I, very cool. I'd done a program a few years earlier, but it didn't really work for us. It was still very offline. It was um, just another marketing program as well, a mentoring program. Um, and then I saw the blast off come across Facebook and I went, okay, this could be pretty interesting. So I signed up and went into the Brisbane city, uh, five, five odd years ago and jumped in the lift at the bottom and, um, in the, the Crisco center. Is that where we're still doing it? Uh, I don't remember. In Adelaide street there. No, and actually it was at the hotel at the, wasn't it at that hotel on the river there? Adina? Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I jumped in the lift anyway and Christo walked in. I'd never met him before, never seen him before. And he said, oh, are you going to this blast-off session? Just obviously having a complete random punt in the dark. And I said, oh, I am. And he said, oh, the keynote speaker is really, really good. He'll keep you so enthused. And, da, da, da. and he just turned around and walked out of the lift. And then 
obviously half an hour, an hour later, I was sitting down there waiting and, and he walked in as obviously the uh, presenter for the day. And yeah, it, it, it sort of just showed me that you can sort of have, you can be a little bit more confident. It's probably one of my biggest struggles. I really struggled with confidence, um, even talking in front of my own staff. So it sort of, that was the beginning for me of building my confidence. So it was, it was a very good day for me. That is so cool. I, I, I actually didn't know the exact elevator story. I just knew that you guys had an elevator story together that you were yep. going to share with me. I didn't know that there was. So he basically just didn't tell you that he was going to be the guy that is actually the keynote speaker. No, absolutely not. I think it's, you know what? I think it's a little bit of one of his ninja techniques because I remember when I met Christo maybe 15 years ago, I think it was maybe 15 years ago, I told him that I'm going to go to a concert. I said, hey, I'm going to go to a concert with some friends. Do you want to come join us? And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. And so I go to this concert. This is 15 years ago. Yeah. And who is in the band? Who, who am I watching? Christo. <laughs> so, so he just told me, yeah, I will be there. But he's actually the singer in this band. I'm like, oh, <laughs> wait a second. Of course you did because this is your band. I invited you to your own concert. And he didn't say a thing. It's very funny. Yeah, he so, can't be like that. Very quirky. It's very funny, yeah. It's it's very it's definitely very confident. Now let's talk a little bit about. So obviously, since Sorry. this might be your team calling you right now, where is he? Yeah. <laughs> so since you started with our programs and then also became a mentor, you've implemented a lot of systems, and that is one of the ways you mentioned before. One of one of your biggest struggles has been and still to a certain extent is staffing and team and and it is a struggle for most businesses until they work out how to build culture and put leadership structures in place so what are some of the systems that you have put in place to help you with that we've look we've had to put in a lot of systems a lot of sort of checklists we bring a lot of people in with necessarily not a lot of experience but you've got to trust them very early on they're out there either by themselves or in a team of two um as, as you said, it's very seasonal. So in summer, we're, we're hunting for people constantly. So we've used programs and systems where they've physically got checklists. It says in the morning what they're meant to do, how they're meant to do it. It's got yes, no, are they fit for work, things like that. So then that enabled my manager and for other people within the team, VAs, et cetera, to be able to get that information and document it easily for me to see where we were failing, as you mentioned before, failing quickly and we could work on those things to be able to get people on board quicker. Um, we use onboarding programs now so that we get a lot we get a lot more detail and a lot more information from them to, to sort of ease that pain of bringing them in, so to speak. Um, unfortunately, it is a fairly revolving door um, with, with what we do. Guys will sit there and come in for an interview and they're as keen as keen as and then tomorrow tomorrow morning they won't even show up for work so they they fill out all the documents and stuff so i guess what we have had to implement over time is just to make sure that we're making them understand what their job role is quickly and setting those boundaries as you said and making sure that the management can um can see what's going on without being out on site yeah. And then in regards to the management, seeing what's going on, you have some key metrics, I believe, that you set that basically you know that, okay, these are our, our critical numbers and this is what we need to keep an eye on. 
Yeah, so with that, it, it basically comes down to time on site, comes down to travel time. My manager sets all of the, the times and the runs out for the guys. We physically track them from the minute that they get to work to the minute they finish. So we can see if they've driven the right way, where they've gone. So they're the key metrics that the manager's got to keep an eye on because otherwise, if they blow out, we, we're already losing two hours a day at least just in travel per vehicle, two people in the vehicle. So we're losing four hours of wages and not being paid. So they're the sort of key metrics over the time that have been going from a month where you might earn some reasonable money to where you lose it literally in a week um, yeah. if we, in, in those sort of things there. So they're the metrics that I get my managers to really, to really focus on. The other thing that they do is they go over like uh, tool sheets, et cetera, come the end of the month and tell me what we need for the next month. So we're trying to plan in advance for new equipment, um, how much work we've got. So we're trying to book a lot of work in a long way in advance, not obviously just week to week, which we used to do. Um, so it's just little things like that. It's nothing, it's nothing really major that um, in that sort of instance that I'm sort of looking for. It's just making sure when they're on site, we're getting the right dollar value for it. They've got the right tools on site and they're delivering what we need for the customer. Yeah, and, and I mean, you, you're very humble, you know, obviously you're, this is quite major because yeah. you're basically looking at the profitability of each job and making sure that each job doesn't lose you money by tracking the most important metrics, the levers, so if you want to call them that, like yeah. time, for example, time spent to travel there and time on the job and using the right tools. What sort of software do you use to do that? Obviously, you're using, first of all, you're using also a database management system and you're using Ontraport. We're using Entreport, yes. Which is the same system that we use here. What else are you using? Okay, so I have set up a program called ServiceMate. So it's service, the letter M, and then eight, the number. Um, so that's the main program that we use. We That has an open API. So we put all of the information into that program there, and then I've gone to my programmers because they know what API means and how it all works. And that talks to Entreport and puts all the details for the customer direct into Entreport and tags them straight into my nurture funnel. That also puts them straight into zero for me. So all the details go straight into zero with payment terms, etc. Also puts their details into Stripe, which is our credit card management facility. And then that goes into Ucollect, which is what collects the money out of their credit card for me. So we went enter everything once and it filters through all programs. Um, that saved me mountains of time of obviously having to go through and enter all that stuff into those different programs. Um, they're the, that's the main program, ServiceMate. So that does all the tracking. And then we use a program, sorry, on the side called Deputy. And that's the staff management program. So that's also got an open API. So they fill out their onboarding details and everything in there. So we're next to kins, tax file numbers, all that sort of stuff. And that automatically goes to zero. They log in and out of that every single week, um, every single day for every shift that they do. They clock their lunch breaks in there. That's live viewing. So we can see that in the office whenever we want as well. Uh, then they clock their job off. Uh, one of my VAs at the end of the day goes through and checks their end of the day checklist, which is on service, mate, to see if their log off time is similar. As long as they all match up, they'll approve that. That then goes to Shelley, my wife, on Monday morning, and she can now process payroll in 10 minutes for that many staff, which is pretty phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah, it's super, super well old machine now. 
and yeah. this also into the next point allows you now also you know people do ask you you're one of our mentors you run the clever bunch sessions in different locations brisbane and new zealand and you fly around the country and often people ask you how you know how do you run such a successful business uh, quite a big business and have time to mentor people and so this is one of the reasons why because you have put in place structures and you have managed to remove yourself to a certain extent so that you can now do something that you're passionate about let's talk quickly about why you enjoy mentoring other businesses so much because the feedback of course that we are getting is super amazing and it's not just you know the impact that you're having in these people's lives is beyond what i think you can even comprehend and you you somehow always end up with people bringing you gifts and chocolates and flowers and things to the sessions because you're impacting their lives so much it's i mean that's already a huge payoff of course it's just impacting people's lives but why are you why do you love it so much um as i said i loved the whole idea of marketing so once i started with basic models i went through clever bunch i think i got to session six or seven and um i think fiona at the time was my rock star and she rang up and said oh there's a spare seat at genius bunch and this was friday afternoon and i said oh when and she said monday and i said <laughs> i can make that somehow and i did i was an hour late if you if you remember i, I do remember so, yeah but um from that there, I, I just started to really work on building my confidence. As I said, it, it's not something that I've been great with. I used to struggle to speak in front of my own staff. I used to sit there and struggle to have team meetings, tell them what was going on, what needed to happen. So it was something I wanted to put myself out there for to begin with. As when it, when it came up, when the email was shot out by you and Krista about uh, looking for someone else um, to facilitate when Kevin was going overseas. So I really sort of grabbed it, went, yep, I can do this. And I cannot tell you how many times I rung Chandra and said, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times going, please make sure Francisca's not in the room at Chandra. I don't think I can handle Francisca in the room yet. <laughs> I was like, so, and then I'm so intimidating. Oh, you, you weren't <laughs> at the time when I was learning, it was sort of like, ah. Oh. Um, and then I went down to Sydney and that's probably when I really realized when I went to Sydney and I did five straight with Christo there and I think Val came over and did a, did a couple, um, and I did five straight down there and I got to like the fifth one and I was just like, I rang you guys before I went down and said, I don't know how I'm going to do five straight. And Christo went, yeah, no, 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 you'll be right. We'll just see how you go. And he just kept pushing and pushing and look, I, I got there and that was probably the real, as I said, that real turning point for me that. People in that room were coming back up to me because I was involved with them with Genius Bunch as well, with Joe and Amber and, and stuff. And they were doing some Clever Bunch sessions and they they really came up and said to me, they said, hey, that was really, really good. You can, you can really do this. So from there, I haven't really looked back too much. There's been some sessions where I'm still a little bit nervous, but that's a good thing. Um, it's never a bad thing to have a few butterflies in the stomach before you do something, but um, it's definitely a lot more natural now that I've got, I think, a hundred and something sessions that I've done for you guys now. So it's yeah, it's, and it was it's, just it was just seeing those seeing those girls and telling them what value I added and having people come up to me um, after doing session one and stuff and saying if if like because obviously they do blast off with you or Christo, so session one's always a little bit of a, a touchy subject because they sort of 
I think they sort of expect to see you there sometimes, but once they learn who we are and what we are and what we do and, and my journey and my story, they sort of come up after the session and just go, are you going to be here every time? That was really good. So it just sort of builds from there. Yeah, it is amazing. And then we obviously get all of the implement. So they, they come to the sessions with you and Chandra and, and Melinda and our facilitator story. And then in between they implement the strategies that, that you guys teach them through the program, the program that we have put together that is very structured. And then on the help desk calls every Tuesday that usually Christo and myself run, we see what they do and what they achieve with you guys and how much they actually take away to go and implement and then come and show us. It's, it's always, I'm always very proud. I always feel like a proud mummy, you know, like, Oh my God, these guys are, are kicking goals. And it's just, it's so it's, it's why we're doing what we're doing. If you could give maybe two or three tips to finish up in yep. terms of now you work with so many business owners through the Clever Bunch program, what are sort of two or three tips that you could share when it comes to marketing? What are some of the biggest either challenges that you're seeing or, or things that people should consider when they look at their marketing approach? Yeah, look, I'll go back to sort of like session one when we say open mind. I think that is the biggest thing because it is constantly changing, constantly moving. One of the things I do talk about in session one as well is I, I um, am still using the, the book in my own business today. So that whole cover bunch sort of manual, I'm using it still today. The only difference is I might change because my business has grown. So it's looking back constantly with an open mind going, okay, cool. Well, that worked for me last year, but now I'm here or now my shift has changed. My business has changed. I'm not in it as much. What, what can I do? So it's constantly looking to evolve is probably the biggest thing with, with marketing, especially, especially with social media. You need to be looking at constantly to see what's trending and what's working. Um, and the other thing, the other big thing for business, I think is just building that team around you constantly looking at how you can upskill your team, give them different tasks. So they're not getting bored as well. Um, sometimes if they're out there doing exactly the same thing, they're just not going to grow and deliver. You need to push them to, to look to do different things. Like we've got a guy in Cairns that we pushed to go to B and I, and he hated it. Absolutely hated it to begin with. But now he's extremely good at it, been in it for a couple of years and it's been such a big growth for him to understand the business. So it's looking for different ways to get them to grow along the way as well. Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, the first point, as you mentioned, you sort of mentioned two things. It's going back to the basics, which is you have that with the Clever Bunch manual. The principles are the same, but the implementation of some of those need yeah. to be adjusted as obviously the channels change and we use different channels and different applications of a channel, of a marketing channel, the principles are, the core principles are the same, but we have to, we have to constantly be evolving in order to stay current. And then the second thing is the team. Some team members, they do love to do the same thing over and over again. You know, there are different people and those are the people that you want to keep in roles that are very the same always. And then you have some people that are really good also and you sometimes need to feed them with different yeah. tasks and evolve them. And it's always good to invest in your team also, which you have been doing also yeah. and bringing them along to courses and investing in them. 
as you're aware, with small business, sometimes people need to be able to diversify to different roles um, and, and quickly. So it's, it's being able to sit there and make them understand that. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Joel. Is there any final words that you would love to, are there any final words that you would love to share before we close up? No, thanks for having me and looking forward to catching up with the people that listen to it in the room and um, catching up with you guys down later this year. Yeah, you're coming down for the experience in March, right? I don't know yet, am I? I'm sure you are. <laughs> okay, cool. I haven't heard anything yet, that's all, but we've got our team meeting on Friday. This okay, we'll, we'll, we'll send you a quick message over right now. So the experience is coming up in March and I'm sure you're, you're going to come. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> have an amazing day and thank you again for the listeners for listening in. And if you have any questions, if you would love to share any thoughts or if you would love to ask Joel or anyone else on these podcasts a question, please send them to info at basicbrands.com and we'd be more than happy to help you out. Thank you again. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. Thank you. To get more from Basic Bananas and to learn new ways to grow your business with clever marketing, visit basicbananas.com.